Ladies and gentlemen, it is May 8th of 2016. This is the chopping block number 47, Joey. We are almost reaching 52, which would technically be our one-year thing, but we already passed our one-year yeah. mark. So Also, we passed like 52 episodes a while ago. Yeah, yeah, technically we're... Uh, we're probably at like 60. Yeah, we're somewhere around there. It just, uh, as far as the one that's coming out next, we're at 47. Um, I am coming at you with a little more energy than last week. I feel like last week we were kind of just... We were dead. We, we had watched <laughs> B-Movie, and I think that literally sucked the life out of us. So I don't really think people understand how horrible B-Movie was. But <laughs> I don't know. So I'm feeling because I was uh, when I was putting it up uh, the episode last week, I was like, Jesus Christ, I sound like shit. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? But hopefully this week I'm coming back at you with a uh, little more of uh, my normal Jonathan Flair. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joey. Um, we uh, let's talk about what we did this last week. And then we will jump into what we watched last night, and then we'll jump into our news. B-movie again. So what have you been up to this last week, Joey? Let's see. I haven't really been up to a whole bunch. Um, I bought a Star Wars game. Battlefront? Battlefront. There we go. That's what it was called. I have you remember. played it at all? Nope. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> not yet. I don't know. I was going to like hop on this morning, but then I woke up at 10 o'clock and I was like, yeah, nah, you know, just kind of dick around for a little while. Other than that, didn't haven't really had time to do anything else. Work's just been crazy. I mean, we played the Overwatch beta a little bit. Yeah, Overwatch has been fun. That, so it took surprisingly long to download for me, but I like it. It did for me too. I was uh, it wasn't even necessarily like that big of a file compared to other games and stuff like that because it is just a beta. But I it, it took a solid amount of time to get that downloaded, which was. It was strange, but yeah. they packed a lot of multiplayer aspects uh, in the beta, so this almost feels like a full experience. So I mean, they I'm have a decent, they, they have a it. really good selection of maps. I'm pretty sure they have one map from every single grouping they do because they have them grouped by. Oh, this one is just a capture the objective mode, mm-hmm. or these three are just this, and these three are a combination of these two. Um, so I think they had had a good selection of maps to play from. All of the characters were playable, which was nice, you know. And I hope that there's no like unlocking characters in the actual be game. The full roster, from yeah. The which would be really cool. My favorite characters are in the pig. I love Roadhog. Yeah, he's been my favorite so far. Uh, like just the stupid lines he has, which are all just grunts and heavy breathing. Yeah, it's so funny because uh, you can emote with your character and say like "hi" and "thank you," and you can technically unlock lines that they also say as well. But with his, it just kind of sounds like a weird grunt and just, like, just noise. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But, yeah, so, like, that's all I've been playing. Um, haven't really had a chance to watch much. Uh, last night was the first time I'd gone to the movies in a while. Um, I've been wanting to see Batman vs. Superman just to see how much of a train wreck it is or is not. 
But at this point, I'm like, I'm just going to wait till it comes out on Blu-ray and just get it from Netflix because yeah. I'm not going to contribute as much money to that no, to Zack Snyder's pockets than I really feel comfortable. Not that it matters too much, and I'll go over some numbers with you in a little bit once we start okay. our next discussion. But, um, yeah, as far as uh, for me, I've been playing the Overwatch beta a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um enjoying that uh definitely kind of sold me on the game definitely has that team fortress 2 vibe to it um and a vibe that feels uh very kind of easy to pick up to an extent oh yeah um i had played battleborn and battleborn just came out this week and that has a little more of a as of a like a moba feel to it if that makes sense and the characters uh not really that memorable yeah but i feel like i a lot of the characters in overwatch maybe it's just the way they're stylized or uh you know how they're represented makes them stand out and makes them easy to identify so you, I can show you a character from Overwatch, and you can easily be like, oh, yeah, that, that character's probably from Overwatch. Yeah. But I can show you a character from Battleborn, and you're like, eh, maybe that character's from this or that or the other. Who knows? Okay. Um, any other games I've been playing this week? I don't think so. I think I've kind of just no. been taking it easy. Haven't really done too much else. Um. But we did go watch a movie yesterday, Joey. That movie was... As you like to say, Captain 3, Civil War. Okay. Um, Yeah, so we went to go watch Captain America uh, Civil War. Captain America Civil War. Um, (laughs) What are... If you had to... If you... Three point scale of three being very satisfied and one being not satisfied as all at all. Where do you land on that scale? Two point seven five. So pretty close to satisfied. I was, fully satisfied. I had a decent time watching the movie. There are some issues um, in the movie, but other than that, is solid. You yeah. know, it's I wasn't even expecting a lot coming out of this because usually the third movies tend to kind of suck hard. I mean, Iron Man three was just not good in my opinion, but that yeah, it was. I think it didn't break the third movie curse, but it's more in the right direction of just as entertaining. But it kind of did take a little while to kick off. Yeah, and uh, after a while, the jokes were kind of getting old. You know, it just feels like like I get the tone that they go for in the Marvel movies. It's just I don't know, like in a situation as dire as it is in this third Captain America movie, the jokes almost seem out of place in certain spots. Yeah, I uh, well, I guess I should probably say before we continue going, uh, we are going to talk about the movie, so spoilers. Um, I probably should have said that before we started talking about it. Any spoilers um, from here? But to spoilers, 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 stop and now. I'll make sure to put some kind of note as to when we stop talking about the movie and jump into news. Um, but yeah, so um, I have come to expect that from Marvel movies mm-hmm. those kind of jokes to kind of break up the the action yeah. and the tenseness and it helps I mean it, it if you had action 100% it starts losing its effectiveness but if you throw in a joke in there to kind of shake things up again it 
almost takes you off guard for a second just to you know push you right yeah. back into it so i kind of enjoyed it i don't think it was crazy bad it wasn't like jokes every second that they could possibly have them in there yeah but there was moments and it wasn't like necessarily any character that wouldn't normally make a joke that's true Um, i mean like my favorite joke was when steve rogers is like it's kind of creepy though when he does like kiss that one chick in the uh that's agent carter's niece yeah something like that and falcon and bucky are just sitting in the car watching them <laughs> and he looks over at them and he's they're just kind of like sitting there and they kind of smile like yeah <laughs> right on yeah, that was pretty funny um i think uh yeah as far as all these characters that we've already seen before um they all play into who they already are you just kind of have yeah. more character development um having ant-man in the movie was i didn't like the redesign of his helmet i thought it looked way too 80s power ranger nah, i didn't think it looked that bad i mean it i don't know i think the original design from the first movie was fine i think they could have easily used that in avengers it like, <laughs> felt more like an avengers movie. yeah this this was definitely an event i felt like more like the avengers sequel i would have wanted uh, where age of ultron was kind of just whatever and yeah i kind of walked away from age, age of ultron, ultron would have been a better iron man movie yeah. in all honesty but i and i feel like this would have been a better avengers movie yeah Pretty much. And, you know, uh, the Russos did a pretty good job. A lot of shaky cam at the beginning of the movie. Uh, Crossbones being kind of like this side villain in the first part of the movie was really cool and interesting. I just kind of really wish he did. Oh, spoilers. I kind of wish he didn't die. I would really like to see him come back as a recurring villain because he because Crossbones is a really cool villain in the comics. I think it would be. uh I don't know exactly how they would do it. Maybe they'd have someone else take up a crossbones mantle or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, I don't think they played him up as much as they could have. Yeah. Cause I mean, uh, crossbones does some pretty bad shit in the comics. Mm-hmm. Like he kills, uh, Hawkeye's family at some point. Right. Yeah. And, um, murders Aunt May. Yeah. He was trying to assassinate Spider-Man and yeah, yeah. it's, He's a really interesting character, and he has a lot of backstory, and he's a part of a lot of major events, or at least small events that spin off into major events. Into big events, yeah. Um, And he can be more than just kind of like a hired goon than he kind of is played off as a lot. So I was really hoping that he'd keep him alive or he would stay alive so he could be like some kind of menace down the line in the future. Um, But the whole like Baron Zemo thing, I had no idea was that he was going to be the main villain in all of this. I did not expect it at all. It was so funny. So uh, the guy who plays Zemo uh, the whole time, I was like, where the fuck is he from? Where the fuck is he from? And I was like, he was an inglorious bastard. He's a fucking German hero guy. And it took me a second. It took me like for the first, maybe like 15, 20 minutes after he showed up, I was like, he looks familiar. Like, what have I seen him before? And I was just so confused. He's just fatter. It clicked. He just has like the fat face going on thing but yeah but um yeah i 
don't really have much of a problem with most of the movie. Like Vision, even during like the fight scenes, almost did nothing. It's like he just flew around the airport for a while during the big yeah. battle scene and everything. And I mean, it was weird to see him in like a sweater. Yeah, <laughs> like a weird like sweater. It was like Paul Bettany and face paint and sweaters. Yeah. That's all it was. <laughs> um, and uh, the fact that Ant Man also uh, they they showed off his uh, you know size changing ability, but like he became a giant instead of just turning small, which is you know the thing that happens in the comics right. a lot. He's a giant man, and I fucking loved it. I thought it was so cool. I did not expect them to actually do that. Um, I love his attitude towards it too, where he was just like, "I've only done this once before," and I passed out afterwards. He was like, "I only did this once before," and it was in the lab, and I passed out. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cool. Um, so I guess like the big thing in this movie is. Uh, the use of Spider-Man um, on Tony Stark's team, right. blah, blah, blah. But uh, how did you feel when you saw Spider-Man in action in this movie? I thought it, it looked great. I thought his, you know, general Spider-Man mannerisms were great. Mm-hmm. So much to the point where one of the characters is like, he asked him if this was his first fight because usually they don't do as much talking during yeah. the fighting. And he even is like, oh, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> yeah. I see. I yeah, I really liked how much they showed off of Spider-Man, but it wasn't like, you know, he wasn't like, I guess, super important to the movie right. overall. They just kind of had him in there and showed him, showed the audience what he could do, and uh, hopefully, really what this does is it's ho- just like. Uh, Foregoes the whole uh, having to have a Spider-Man origin story in the movie that's coming yeah. up. So, I'm hoping people have seen the other two origin movies of Spider-Man to know exactly what happens. And, and even then, if like someone, so you pretty much already know the origins of Spider-Man. And even then, you can establish any other things like the whole Uncle Ben um, thing. Like you can establish that with uh, with his aunt saying something along the lines of like, "Oh, like remember what your Uncle Ben always used to say." Yeah. Like you know, something simple that doesn't take thirty, forty five minutes to set up. Yeah. So. Much. I yeah, I'm really looking forward to a new Spider-Man movie coming from uh, the Marvel studios and everything so I don't know I'm really hoping they get on that like right now and they start making that shit right now yeah it's supposed to be coming out in 14 months yeah so in a little over a year um I thought uh Tom Holland Mm -hmm. who played Spider-Man I thought he did great yeah he was fine he was Actually, a really good Peter Parker and a good Spider Man. Whereas yeah. you get people who are decent Spider Men and not good Peter Parkers, or get good Peter Parkers and not good Spider Men. Yeah, he seems like that good combination of both of them. Yeah, and it felt very. Uh it was very fun to see him on screen. I love that uh, Disney owns Marvel and Star Wars, so they can do a Star Wars reference in a Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I kind of the only thing that was out of character for him is that Peter Parker's is turbo nerd. He would have seen Star Wars. You know he would have seen Star Wars. So the fact that he was like, you guys remember that really old movie where they had the big walkie things on the snow planet? And then, you know, I mean, he said, uh, he said Empire Strikes Back. Um, 
But you think he, he he probably would have been had a little more confidence in yeah in saying oh do you guys remember this movie mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, well maybe he was kind of saying like to them being not on. nerds or something yeah I don't know he probably could have been like yeah these guys are not nerds they wouldn't know what Star Wars is yeah but I don't know it's just that was the only part that really fell out of character for Spider-Man or Peter Parker in general. So, but other than that, you know, all of it, I think coalesced into a decent movie and it was pretty fun. Uh, the motivations behind Tony Stark trying to kill, uh, the winter soldier, Bucky Barnes was a little lame in my opinion. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like, okay, we get it. Killed your parents. But you do know he was brainwashed and not under his own control or under his own volition, right? Yeah, but, I mean, if you were... It was partially that, but then also the fact that... No, it's like uh, he knew, but he just didn't give a shit that, you know, this is obviously not the same person right now. And you had no problem with him, you know, all of a sudden, like, once you found out he was being set up and framed and you realized this wasn't the same guy. But then all of a sudden, it's like, no... But it wasn't even that. I think what pushed him over the edge was the fact that Captain America knew, that Steve Rogers knew and didn't tell him. And that was the point where he was like, well, you know, everybody's keeping secrets from me and nobody's telling me shit. And that pushed him over the edge. I think if it was just the Bucky thing and Captain America had no idea, then I don't think it would have culminated into the big climactic scene at the very end that it would have been. But the fact that his best friend essentially was keeping information that had essentially shaped who he was you know keeping that from him for so long and not telling him for maybe both of their own protections like I, I could see the motivation there I guess but I never really got the sense that they were ever best friends I just think they were like friendly with each other and shit and they were buddies but I never really expect like got the feeling from all the movies and all the interaction they've had together that they were best friends yeah um speaking of which how did you like uh that young uh rdj in that scene <laughs> so weird <It> was so <laughs> creepy looking too because like, he like he still looked old in uh, in that whole like fake CG shit. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. It, I mean, he still looked. It, it was a little off, but it's better than it has been in other movies where they try to do the same thing. I don't and, know, you know, year over year, it's 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 getting a little little better. I don't know the way they got Michael Douglas to look in Ant Man uh, younger, you know. That would look pretty good. That looked more realistic than than this like really smooth face. It uh, like I said in their defense for that movie, um, there was probably a lot less close-ups that they had to do with because they stayed on him being yeah. very close to the camera for that scene for quite a bit. Like half the half of that scene, he's back in the foreground, and I'm like, okay, whatever, that doesn't look that bad. Mm-hmm. But then he moves straight to the uh, foreground and just stays there for the rest of that little scene. <laughs> like the camera's just like yeah, focus right on that motherfucker's face. So it just looks so creepy. I think that might have had something to do with you know that made it look bad because yeah. I don't 
remember Michael Douglas ever having like that the camera that close to him during his young Michael no, Douglas. I think series. it's because they knew better to not like be like, hey, let's like show this really creepy, fucked up looking face that we made to make him look younger. Yeah, and then but I guess at the same or I keep saying at the same time, it's kind of getting annoying. Um it makes sense because it is sort of like a hologram projection of his own memories kind of a thing. So there, I guess there's a reason why it wouldn't look super realistic, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I am definitely satisfied with that movie. Definitely. I feel good about watching it. Um, I'm... I really liked all the Luchadorian fight moves that they had, like all the drop kicks and like yeah. spinning around people's necks and like smacking them with all your body weight. And Black just, like, Widow just like constantly just <laughs> just like WWE moves all over the place. I know. I really dug all like those kinds of fight moves. And oh yeah, and Black Panther. Yeah, we Black didn't even Panther talk about Black. Yeah, um, I kind of thought the overall suit could have looked better um I didn't it just think looked like look a onesie bad. it just looked like a weird onesie to me i could see that i was expecting some a little bit more in the design aspect of it but and maybe uh, we'll see something like uh in either the standalone black panther or, uh in the future maybe we'll see a slight costume redesign but i don't think it looked bad yeah it, it it wasn't probably as great as it could have been, but the helmet design was perfect, though. Yeah, I like that a lot. But uh, yeah, I like them asking him like what was going on, and he's like, "So is he just like into cats, or?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, but yeah, so I would definitely recommend go see it. Yeah, it's definitely. A fun and time at the if movies. you well, I mean, if you're listening to this, you've probably already seen it. Um, or you're a loser. Make sure you stick around because there is two post-credit scenes. Oh yeah, um, and I don't think a lot of people were aware of that. No, um, I think so. the first one. Uh, I can't even think of what the first one was. Um, it was uh, when they showed. Uh, Oh, they showed Bucky getting uh, refrozen yeah, or whatever. Refrozen in Wakanda, yeah. And then they go, you know, like you know, they find him here. They're going to come for him. As they got and, to see them try, and then they show the big plant, Black Panther, yeah, uh, made a mountain like, thing. obsidian or onyx or some weird thing like that, vibranium knows, probably yeah. or some bullshit, some, some yeah. weird shit. But um, and then there is the actual credits roll, and then they essentially pulled a Deadpool and had it at the very, very end of the credits. Yeah. Um, and that one, well, not as big, um, is still important. Yeah. So if you watch it, don't expect to get a lot out of it, but it is going to set something up for, you know, the future. I, you know, we already know it's already coming. Yeah. So, so the final, final scene, the final, final post credit scene is Spider Man, yeah, or Peter Parker, um, and he's all bruised up, and, and he's talking to Aunt May about how some guy named Steve from Brooklyn, uh, yeah, like beat him up. Um, he also has a little thing on his wrist which uh, shows a spider signal, mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah, I'm interesting to see how that works. Yeah, and it's like not just a spider signal; it's that almost like that original, you know, the eyes with like it's a circle with the eyes and the yeah. lighting and shit. Um, like the old like 1950s uh, logo that they used to stick on the front of uh, right. Spider-Man comics in the top left corner. Um, so yeah, it was a cool little local cool little tidbit and. Uh, Kind of looking forward to a Spider-Man movie. What, what I really could have done without was the text on the screen after that scene that said "Spider-Man, Spider-Man will return." Uh, dumb. <laughs> Why would you even add that in there? I don't know. It's so stupid. It just seems very dumb. Um, I am looking because because if they would have put like "Spider-Man will return" in, maybe this would have dated the movie. But if they were like in this year. Or Spider-Man will return in and then show the logo because they had already shown the logo before in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Um, If they would have showed the like logo for the next for Spider-Man or something, um, I think that would have been a little better as opposed to just Spider-Man will return. Yeah. Whatever. That's fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That being said, though, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Um, Finally looking forward to Spider-Man and Avengers movie, though. Yeah. Finally. (laughs) I'm so like in, you know, all this time that uh, Spider-Man's been with Sony, right? Sony Mm -hmm. they've been with um, this whole time. it, It, I'm glad they've been doing the movies, but it just has never felt quite right. Yeah. Um, but to establish Spider-Man in this Marvel universe that is so successful and has done everything so well is very, very good. Makes me very, very happy. Yeah. To see Spider-Man rolling around being kind of a smartass and as he should be. Yeah. You know, it's just really. And more than more importantly than anything else, being a teenager. Yeah. Because like now with like what what phase is Marvel in now? Like four through six of this one? Um, or they want to still like at three. I think they're still at three. I think Infinity War uh, wraps up phase three and then starts phase four. Okay. So like phase four and on we're just gonna get more movies of characters we honestly don't really give a shit about um and so now they need like big tentpole guys to kind of fill in those gaps to where it's like okay we care about this one and we care about this one and so now they're more than likely going to go see those big tentpoles also they're probably going to catch those lesser known characters in between like captain marvel and possibly black panther and even then if you uh include some of those big name characters in these other movies people are going to go watch them like they already announced that uh uh, iron man is going to be in spider-man yeah so i mean if you're i really doubt anybody's feeling lukewarm on spider-man but the fact that iron man is in spider-man might make someone want to go even more you know at least give him another push to go yeah to go see it anyway exactly um i think we should move on from yeah let's move on um so i'll just make sure okay note uh 27 minutes um but let's talk about news joey uh we have uh, quite a bit of news um actually before that i was going to talk about real quick um you were talking about uh 
Batman vs Superman and not wanting to contribute to that box office. Uh, <laughs> okay. So what if I told you that uh, Captain America Worldwide has almost made as much as Batman vs Superman has made worldwide, like in their entire run or like in their weekend? entire run? No. Like okay, how much did uh, Batman vs Superman make in? Their entire run, their worldwide entire run. Let me bring it up here. Do, 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 do. I had it up. Let me bring it up. <laughs> okay, so because, like, I was kind of looking at some of the numbers for uh, Captain America, mm-hmm. and they were saying they got to, like, their projectors, he get, like, a little over, like, $200 million, uh, right. for opening weekend domestic. Um, and then they're already talking about, no, it was like 200 and, $295 million, I think, domestic. That's including, like, uh, like a bunch of that is from, or, like, a portion of that is from a Thursday night release. Right. And then uh, they were talking about how it, when it opened internationally, it got about, like, about that much, like 200-something, 250, or a little bit south of that. I can't quite remember. Right. So if (laughs) Batman vs. Superman did not even make that much out of it, it's kind of nuts. Yeah, so worldwide uh, to date, after uh, 45 days, uh, Batman vs. Superman has made uh, $865 million. And that's in its entire run. Mm-hmm. Six oh, weeks. That's not good for them. And how much has Civil War made in first three day weekend, Joey? Almost seven hundred million. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, even opening weekend uh, alone, uh, Civil War still has uh, Batman vs Superman beat. Batman vs Superman had a uh, 166 million, and Civil War is at 181 million. Jesus fucking Christ! So, like, um, yeah, and and even domestically, uh, Batman vs Superman uh, in the last 45 days has made 327. Because they had a big drop-off after that first yeah. weekend. so um, I mean, there's going to be a big drop-off with this movie, too. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know. I think its numbers are still going to carry it way past what uh, Batman vs. Superman made. And now, the reason why I'm saying that those numbers for Batman vs. Superman, even though it's like a shit ton of money, is not good, is because that movie was projected to make like one and a half billion dollars or some shit like yeah. that. So, this movie... I mean, Batman they said Superman, they needed to make $800 million just to break even. Yeah. So, Batman vs. Superman, uh, which allegedly had a budget of like $200 million. That's a lot of fucking money. I mean, like, we, we're used to hearing like $100 million and thinking like that's at the top level of budget that, you know, a studio is willing to put up for a movie. Yeah, I think uh, Box Office Mojo has them both uh, as their production budget says uh, $250 million. Jesus fuck. So they have them both at about the same. Which I could see. Um, I mean, Civil War had... You know, crazy amount of uh, of like press and everything yeah. else, and a lot of advertisements. 
but I still think that Batman vs Superman. I saw more Batman vs Superman plugs and commercials and trailers almost everywhere I went. Yeah, and I don't know. I just think that they're kind of they're kind of fucked a little bit. Um, and we all get into that a little more in the uh, movie news. Um, but yeah, it just uh, doesn't look too good for for DC for DC right now. I'm, I would not expect because like right now, uh, Justice League of America Part One is filming, and I can imagine if that doesn't make money, that Warner Brothers is going to panic and they're just going to pull the plug. I could definitely see that because it's a lot of money to not be getting enough return on it. Yeah, like you don't expected. Bank. You don't make monies to even. break even. Yeah. You if make you break money. even, you, you still consider, like, you broke even, so you got lucky, so we'll still probably give you a job, but we're not going to give you something important anymore. Yeah. We're going to give you, like, a fledgling mid to low budget flick to do if we want. And even or something like that. I would even say, I was going to say something that's guaranteed to print money, but that's what they kind of expected with Batman vs. Superman. Mm-hmm. So, um,. We'll, we'll check back on those box office ratings in uh, a couple weeks. Yeah. See where uh, where Batman vs Superman and maybe Zack Snyder will finally get fired, like he should have been a long ass time ago. I don't think that's gonna happen, Joey. Yeah, I know. Uh, all right, you guys. So um, each and every, now that we're done with uh, talking about Civil War, each and every week we tend to bring you guys the news. Um, biggest news of video games and movies. Uh, so in video games, we had quite a number of things revealed this week, Joey. Um, pretty exciting. Um, I remember we were talking about this first one that we have on our list here, and I was actually really excited for it, and I haven't been excited for uh, like a video game possibility in a while, in a very, very long while, because this is the kind of like so it's a remaster of one of my favorite games, right? Of all time. So, so first of all, uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare was officially announced. They've been teasing us for about two weeks now. Um, they officially announced it. They had a little reveal trailer, and at the end of that trailer, they showed part of the trailer for drum roll. Call of Duty 4. Okay. Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Um, So they are remastering Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare and are doing the smartest thing they can and not selling that thing piecemeal. Yeah. They're going to force you to pay $20 above the normal or standard price of games. They're going to make you pay $80 to get Modern Warfare remastered. Yeah. And I'm still really considering doing that even though they even said that they'd be willing to sell like multiplayer experiences a la carte um i don't know i'm kind of i don't think they'll they'll do it and you know what if they do decide to sell uh modern warfare remastered uh piecemeal it probably won't be for like six or eight months yeah uh when their sales start to dive a little bit so is this still Treyarch or is it still Infinity Ward that's making um, other Call of Duty games for them or I think so. on to somebody else? Um, it should be Infinity Ward that's doing this one. 
or I don't know if they've renamed or it themselves or anything. Um, but yeah, it should be the same company that's that's doing that. Um, did you watch the trailer for Infinite Warfare? I have not. Okay, you need to be better at watching these trailers. <laughs> I know, um, I'm sorry, but so so the it, it's kind of standard. Uh, we're gonna shoot, shoot, and then we're gonna show uh, a dog fight in space, and then there's like, oh, then we're gonna show these people who are obviously gonna be like players in the story mode. Um, I'm just kind of over it. Yeah, you know, I don't really care about this future war stuff because uh, at some point it's out of that grasp of reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've, they've left the grasp of reality when they went with uh, Black Ops Two um, with like cybernetic enhancements and all that other bullshit. I mean, I mean Black but Ops even 1 then, was all set in Vietnam for fuck's sake. Even then, even like cybernetic enhancements, I can still be okay with because I'm like, okay, we've got to be somewhat experimenting with that stuff to some extent, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, this one is, there's dog fights in space, and you're like aboard a giant like space vessel that goes around flying and sh- fucking releasing little jets in space. Like Star Wars and shit. came out the game, guys. Come on, please. But- and it's just like with Halo, it's like okay, obviously Halo is established in this universe that's in space or in the mm-hmm. future and stuff. Sci- science fiction galore in that, right? Game. And it's never been like okay, well we're gonna put you in Vietnam or we're going to put you in World War II. It's never been anything other than space stuff. Now, this one started off grounded more so in reality and ramped up so far into the future that it's not anything that you can relate to, really. Yeah. So, uh, it's a little upsetting. Um, The internet is obviously upset about it because uh, the internet has taken to dislike the reveal trailer for Call of Duty. Uh, And they disliked it so much that at a um, earnings meeting, Activision uh, CEO actually uh, addressed it. (laughs) <laughs> to investors because investors were concerned about it. And so he was like, you know, our, we have very passionate fans, you guys. And just look at uh, Black Ops. Like, that one had, like, uh, before this video, had the most dislikes. And that's, like, our most popular game. No, it's not. So, well, they, it's the one that sold the best. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I, I hope that they're feeling the... Um, they're feeling the pressure from yeah the audience to I mean, kind of back away, and obviously everybody's really excited for Call of Duty Four, um, and because of Call of Duty Four, I'm sure this game is going to sell very well. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be as you know critically acclaimed as they would hope. Yeah, um, I think it seems like they're really trying to bank off of this remaster of COD Four. I mean, a lot of people. Okay, so the last time we played this was so many years ago. Um, I can't even remember. Maybe like 2009, 2010 maybe. Maybe. Somewhere um, in there. I think it was like 2010. Because the last time I remember even putting, like, getting on that game, uh, the entire multiplayer was just hacked or something somebody did something and there was like an in-game chat now and there was um people like with unlimited ammo and like people hacked those servers and um 
at some point people were hacking up to the point to where they would um if they killed you, your experience would knock you down to a negative level online, and it wouldn't let you play because it's like, oh, you don't have the experience experience to play uh, Call of Duty. So <laughs> that happened obviously a couple years after the release of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited, dude. We, uh, you know, it was just such a well balance game there wasn't yeah. really that was anything obviously like the uh new tubes were pretty annoying the m16 was a little overpowered but even then with that stuff everything was mostly well balanced mm-hmm. it was fun to play it, you never at any point felt super upset like one gun was overly overpowered mm-hmm. It's just a good experience. So I'm glad that they're putting it out. I'm excited to uh, replay through that story mission because there's definitely a couple memorable missions that in that game that you don't forget, like uh, All Gillied Up. Oh, yeah. That was, that, um, was a, that was a good one. The... Uh, the final, final mission, the Mile High Club. Oh, you're yeah. in the plane at the very end. You have like a minute and a half to like get to the... The president or yeah. whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, and I remember trying to get through that game on uh, veteran mode, and that was always the hardest part. Yeah. We got through the entire game, and that whole part is just what held me up. And I had a lot of of good memories playing that goddamn game. Yeah. So, uh, exciting that's coming out. Um, Word to the wise, if you are one for physical copies of games, uh, if you have Amazon Prime... And you can always sign up for a free trial, 30-day trial of Amazon Prime. Uh, You can get Call of Duty Infinite Warfare with Call of Duty 4 uh, Remastered for $64. They offer 20% off of new games. So it's not a bad price. If you're going to, you know... Pay $60 for the base game, you might as well just buy it on Amazon and get it for $65. Exactly. And get the Call of Duty on top of that. Um, other than that, another game that was announced this uh, week, we had May the 4th, Joey, which is Star Wars Day. Yeah, you fucking nerds. And uh, what EA did, they were like, okay, you guys, it's Star Wars Day, so we thought we'd let you guys know something. We're working on a new Call of Duty, or not Call of Duty, we're working on a new Star Wars game, okay. third-person action game, and it's being developed by Respawn, which are the guys who did Titanfall and are currently doing Titanfall 2. Mm-hmm. Titanfall is great. Titanfall so, is fun. I'm excited to, you know, see what this could be. Obviously, we didn't get anything else other than they're working on it. Um, Not even a title? Nope. Just uh, we're working on a third-person Star Wars game. That's exciting, though. This is more Star Wars games than we've ever gotten before, really. So, yeah. um, I'm excited to see what this is. I'm excited for them to say more. Hopefully... Uh, we hear a little more in E3, at the very least a title or what the game might be about. Um, but for now, just exciting, man. I'm excited for more Star Wars, more Star Wars. 
give me more, I will buy all I of bet it. that saying it was in third person has opened it up for like a lot of speculation as to what it could possibly be. Yeah, and they didn't say shooter. They said third-person action. So maybe this is uh, along the realms of a, like, uh, uh, Force Unleashed kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that's a possibility. Was they had, like, was, like, Rogue Jedi or something like that? Or? Jedi Knight. They had those games. Those are a little older. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, so my speculation is this is going to be a little something closer to... Um, Along the lines of, like, Force Unleashed or something like that. Um, Obviously not that, but, you know, something close. Mm -hmm. Um, And finally, Joey, and this is probably, to me, a little more exciting than Star Wars games. Because I love Star Wars games, but we're going to be getting a lot of them. Yeah. This is probably my biggest, most excited about news of the week. Um... Battlefield 1 has been announced and confirmed. So a couple weeks ago, um, we had a retail leak saying that the new Battlefield game would be set in World War 1. And we were like, that sounds really neat. But a lot of people were like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. You know, well, Battlefield surprises, Joey. We are getting a World War One game World War. World with biplane dogfighting. That's gonna be cool. And man tanks. That's gonna be fucking cool. And some fucking gnarly looking melee weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also gonna be zeppelins, obviously. Um, and trench warfare, mm-hmm. mustard gas, gas masks, all kinds of fucking fun shit. Yeah. Um, I think it's being described right now as a um, alternate World War One. Okay. So what I'm assuming that means is we might pull some prototype weapons from World War Two that would have been used then. Oh yeah. It would have been prototyped in World War One or something like that. Yeah. We'll probably throw those those into the mix. Uh, that's what I'm assuming we'll get. But for the most part, it looks pretty brutal. It looks fucking very nice. Mm-hmm. There's even a part, and I'm assuming this may be like part of the campaign. There's people riding horses. Oh yeah. With yeah. swords. Yeah, the cow. So quick little tidbit of information for them from the history perspective uh the cavalry um from the united states that was the last time the cavalry was used was in the first world war so, um, so they had a lot, hopefully, had a lot of horse hopefully we can ride around on horses because that would be pretty fucking neat yeah so like that'd be pretty fucking cool i'm really looking forward to this so, like world war one was just one of the most brutal conflicts in in human history like the melee combat like you said is gonna be fucking very visceral very very gnarly they have, i mean in the trailer they show like a dude with a shovel hitting another dude in the face mm-hmm. and the thing is i didn't even i i should have put two and two together but battlefield hardline came out about a year ago and you know lukewarm reception to it yeah but in that weapon or in that game they had two kinds of melee weapons they had lethal melee and they had knockout melee. So they had like bats and other things along those lines and they also had like knives. So the knives you would walk up melee someone and kill them. Um, With the other weapons you would knock them out and would be able to arrest them or interrogate them and enemy positions would show up on the map. Now I don't know why I didn't put two and two together that they would implement something similar 
into a new battlefield game at the very least have two different mm-hmm. kinds of melee weapons because you'll have your knives and bayonets and stuff like that but you'll also have what they call like a trench bat which looks fucking gnarly as all hell a little like it's like a, the ass end of a louisville slugger and it's just chopped off at about the hill it's, it's like a what's known as a blackjack nowadays and uh, sometimes they they would like during the war sometimes they'd get like scrap pieces of barbed wire and they would wrap it around uh, their little blackjack and if they made it into the trench they would just like start Start fucking swinging you know at at Germans or at French whatever side you were on and they would just like just they would aim to get you out of the way or just knock you in the neck and you start bleeding profusely yeah so um, that and they also had uh, shovels that they showed. Mm-hmm. This is more so not of a lethal hit. Even uh, though during the war they actually used to sharpen the shovels right. down um, along the edges, and they would just like start swinging for necks. Yeah, which because like if you got it hard enough, you would be able to kind of decapitate. So somebody. I'm assuming some of these kills are going to be visceral as all. Hell. They should be gnarly. I would hope so. Anyways. Um, the dogfighting looks fun. In the trailer, uh, they show two biplanes uh, flying through a canyon. It reminded me a lot of Star Wars, just you know, having this like red canyon on both sides and having these two biplanes uh, swing around left and right and trying to kill each other. Um, they show like a tank going over a trench. They showed what I'm assuming would be the mustard gas at some point, someone running into it and getting killed and another dude like pulling down his gas mask. Yeah. Um, I'm excited, dude. Yeah. And the gas, the, the gas kills are going to be horrible too, because, um, what they used to do is used to perforate the lungs and you would drown in your own blood. And, uh, and like, it also like, like shot out your eyes too. So like if it got in your eyes, you're blind. Yeah. And if it doesn't get like washed out quickly or something happens to it, then you're going to be blind for the rest of your life. Or you'd have horrible scarring all over your face. In this game, you'll just be dead. You're just going to be horribly, horribly malfigured for the rest of the game. You have to live through this poor bastard's life, realizing how disfigured you are and how you were just a shell of a man after the war. So this game is supposed to come out in... Um I don't know if we said the release date for Call of Duty. Uh, the release date for Call of Duty is November 4th. Mm-hmm. This game is supposed to come out in October. I want to say like October 13th or something like that. Um, so I think this is the perfect example of, uh, you know, they people talk about a pendulum, Joey. Yeah. And about how things swing back and forth. Um, I think this year is a perfect representation of that. With, uh, you know, shooters becoming way too futuristic. Mm -hmm. You have that with Call of Duty, but then you have um, Battlefield swinging that pendulum back in the other direction. And obviously these two games have been very different for a very long time, but I'm curious to see which one... Uh, does better and which one is received better by critics. Yeah, I have a strong feeling Battlefield is going to probably be better received, especially by critics and probably by gamers too, because I think, like as you said, pendulum swings and we just get bored really easily. Um, it doesn't matter how much replayability a game has or yeah. how many cool features it may have or how many interesting weapons or skins for those weapons you can unlock. 
it, after a while, it's just like, I want something a little bit different, um, but still familiar. And I think World War One is different, but familiar. Right. And, I mean, everyone still has memories of playing World War Two games, and it's like, oh, before World War Two, I'll give this a shot. And then we were going to just be playing it for a while until the next game comes out anyway. Yeah. Exciting. Um, there's supposed to be a beta open for Battlefield at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go online and sign up for something or other, you uh, you get uh, you get into the beta a little early. Uh, another thing they announced for Battlefield, uh, there is a God, I'm forgetting what they're calling it, but um, with this pack thing or this extra thing you buy, I think it's an extra twenty dollars. Uh, so it's an eighty dollar uh, game. You get a couple bonus weapons, a couple of uh, um, like camouflage changes for uh, vehicles and other mm-hmm. things like that, and you get three day early access to the game. Yeah, is that worth twenty dollars? Uh, I don't really think so, but you know, maybe some people that We're is used worth to getting an extra twenty bucks. Anyway. So. Uh, that being said, Joey, I think that about does it for uh, video game news for the week. So let's go and take a quick break, and we will be back with our uh, plethora of movie news. Plus a little break. Movie news is what's next on the chopping block. Oh, and uh, and we, movie news do we have? Oh, yeah. We have a lot. Because I actually got off my lazy ass and kept I track know. of stuff I, that It's happens. so funny because last week um, I put a couple things in there. And I think you forgot that there was a <laughs> note that you could edit and put stuff in. Uh, this week I definitely saw that you noticed. And there is a shitload of yeah, movie news. Yeah, they have a there. lot of stuff. But the first one, though, you put on there. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so, for those of you who are 90 nostalgia assholes and, you know, think you're 90s kids and everything and have a fond spot in your heart for a movie called Space Jam, the uh, movie with Michael Jordan, who was at the time one of the biggest you know, names in basketball and sports in general. I think, um, yeah, in sports, because I believe in the beginning of Space Jam, they show him playing baseball. Because yeah, he started, <laughs> because he, his dad was a uh, baseball player, and so he was playing baseball while he was playing basketball, I think. Oh, no, he played basketball first, then he retired and went to baseball, baseball and he was horrible at baseball, um, and then he just went back uh, to, to playing basketball. To, and then to uh, being in Space Jam. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> so, Johnny, how's that song go? You know you know that song. The, the Space Jam song. Come on. Which one? Because there's... Cause you were just Space singing Jam, it. Space Jam, like, played that uh, the I Believe I Can Fly song a lot. No one cares about R. Kelly anymore. A very big one in Space Jam, I believe. You were just singing it. I know. But the one that I was just singing was the, come on and jam, or come on and slam, and welcome to the jam. So, um, so... There's been speculation for a while now that uh, there is going to be a sequel to Space Jam, and it's finally been confirmed. And not only that, they have a director uh, in Justin Lin. The Um, fact that they have a director um, really kind of shows that this is actually happening because um, 
So I don't think you said it, but the uh, the new star of the movie would be is going to be LeBron James. Yeah. Um, obviously, we know LeBron James feel comfortable feels comfortable on camera, and he's in Trainwreck. Mm-hmm. He wasn't bad in Trainwreck. Uh, um, it's kind of sad when a professional athlete is a better actor than the actors you have in your movie. I didn't think that movie was that bad. It was pretty bad. It wasn't bad. Um, but. You know, obviously he's comfortable on camera. He is a sports person. Uh, Games are constantly being filmed, and he's been in at least one popular movie, right? So I don't think this is uh, too bad of a mix. Uh, He's, you know, other than Kobe Bryant, who just retired, he's probably one of the most popular players in the NBA right now. So I don't really think they would touch Kobe Bryant even now because uh, the whole um, rape allegation that happened against them years and, and years ago. But yeah, yeah, like, that's still like people because someone's gonna bring that up. I mean, like I'm an yeah. asshole who brought it up right now, so it's not it's not out of the realm of possibly that someone bring that up. It's like, hey, this guy's just casting a kids movie. You know, it's it's just not gonna happen. So yeah, yeah LeBron James is probably one of the most recognizable figures in sports right now. Um, you know, I know who he is, and I don't even watch basketball. I don't know anything about sports worth the shit right now. But you still, recognize the name. I, I'd recognize the name yeah. and probably pick him out of a lineup for the most part, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, Justin Lin is uh, going to be the director of this. He uh, is he directed um, films, four movies for the uh, Fast and Furious franchise, and he's also doing Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. Um, and uh, he also uh, did the first two episodes of the second season of HBO's True Detective. So he has some credibility under his belt. I mean, he's at least been shown to make like a bunch of money for uh, different series of movies. So it's probably just they're trying to gear it towards a big blockbuster, uh, you know, audience, audience, and everything like that. So I don't really think this kind of fits for a uh, big, you know, blockbustery title. Um, but I think it's going to be running off of pure nostalgia. Um, for a Yeah, lot I can see that. I'm curious to see what they do with this movie because this isn't a reboot. This is a sequel. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'm very curious to see what happens. Um, that being said, I, I, I'm kind of excited for it to some extent. I mean, Space Jam was a ridiculously dumb movie, but it yeah, is it something that I, you know, watched growing up. So, of course, I feel that uh, affection to it. If I'd never seen it before and you forced me to watch it now, I'd probably be like, oh, this isn't that great. <laughs> but as a kid, you will, you can watch Trash and the, you'll be like, You'll oh, this is it. great. I can't wait for Trash 2. <laughs> Hot Trash, Johnny. So, Hot Trash the sequel. Yeah, Hot Trash the sequel. So, moving on from there, we have some uh, fairly big news. Uh, 20th Century Fox is not going to be showing anything at San Diego Comic-Con 2016. It's very interesting. I know. So, um, 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 here's the article. Uh, 20th Century Fox has decided not to attend San Diego Comic-Con this year over privacy concerns. That means there will be no footage from Michael Fassbender's Assassin's Creed or announcements regarding Wolverine 3 or Deadpool 2. Right. Uh, with footage from Hall H panels generally leaking online just a few hours after the presentation, Fox feels that there's no way to combat overzealous fans, and so they'll just sit out Daniel Comic Con's grand showcase altogether. Um, yeah. 
It just sounds like um, they're like, oh, well, the fans are just going to like hate on whatever we do, so we might as well not do anything. Yeah. So, so um, and that, that's not even the big part either, because I mean, like one studio is dropping from it, but also Disney and Marvel Studios are not going to be showing anything as this year's San Diego, which Comic-Con. makes sense because Disney uh, owns Marvel. Anything that they do, they want to hype up their uh, convention thing, which is D twenty three. Yeah, but there's um, not a D twenty three this year. Yeah, but so like the fact that at these guys are just kind of like, yeah, no, we're not showing anything. We're not going to be presenting anything for Hall H is almost kind of nuts. I mean, they're to the point of which where they can skip Comic-Con altogether. People are still going to go see their movies and everything else. Um, But I don't know, man. It's just... uh, I mean, a lot of people back when San Diego Comic-Con was first getting big didn't like that is now become super Hollywood that right. it's like mostly movies and video games and all this other stuff. And it's not about comics anymore, which is understandable because like comic book conventions are about like, you know, the little guys trying to, you know, who are breaking into the industry, right. um, trying to sell their stuff, get noticed or trying to get into a big publisher artists trying to do something with their work or trying to get on and um, at a job someplace. So, I don't know. Maybe this would be a trend that kind of reverses. As you said with video games, the pendulum always swings back and forth. Yeah. This might taper San Diego Comic-Con down. Maybe we're finally witnessing, like, that bubble kind of dissolve. That decline of it. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, San Diego Comic-Con has been this, uh, this place where... You know, movie studios can announce new movies and you can have all these big panels and during these big panels reveal new movies and, you know, do all kinds of stuff like that. Um, It doesn't seem like it'll be that much anymore. I don't know what kind of things we'd see uh, revealed anymore. Mm-hmm. Or you know, if the if the studios are taking a break, what big reveals are going to be at um, at San Diego, in San Diego Comic Con? Because uh, if Disney is out, that takes out all Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. If Marvel is out, that takes out any Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Fox is out, um, we're not going to see anything X Men or any X Men, uh, any possibility of Deadpool or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, the only people who are left would be Sony. Yeah, and even then, they might even you know escape it too. I mean, like Sony doesn't really have anything going on for them at the moment. All they had was Spider Man, and now Marvel has is pretty much taking over that. So. Yeah, and you know, and no one's gonna be excited for Sony Spider Man after seeing you know Civil War, which has apparently been like almost everybody apparently. Right. So it's just like Sony is more than likely gonna skip it unless they have like some new games that they want to show off somewhere. But other than that, I think I don't think they're going to be there either. They're probably going to announce it later down the line when it gets closer. That we're not that they're not going to show up. Yeah. Um, sad news. I'm curious to see what happens to uh, San Diego Comic Con this year. Yeah. And even more so next year and the year after that, because this might set that precedence at least for a good little while to not debut your stuff at. Um, comic-con yeah and it seems like every time they they do try and uh, debut something there someone always leaks the footage and 
when that happened last year with X-Men Apocalypse, they got a shitload of flack for uh, Apocalypse Apocalypse. looking weird and, you know. (laughs) What was he? He said everyone kept saying that he looked like like Ivan Ooze. (laughs) I love it. I would go see an X-Men movie if Ivan Ooze was the main villain. Just yeah. because. I don't know why. Just because. Be a weird crossover movie. Okay, so moving on from there. Um, so, Johnny, are you familiar with the Puppet Master movies? Mm, maybe. You never I'm heard a, of Puppet Master? I mean, I've heard of them. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but... So, Puppet Master is kind of like these... It's a series of uh, these cult classic... Uh, horror flicks, which is literally about little marionette puppets coming alive and killing people and taking their souls and shit. And not only that, but also I suggest you kind of look up Puppet Master as I'm talking and yeah, look up some of the ugly ass fucking puppets they have. They look very dumb. Yeah, they do look very horrible, right? They look like there's this one puppet that like barfs leeches. That's gross. And there's this whole extended scene in one of the movies where it's like she's struggling to, like, throw up this huge fucking leech out of its tiny little maw of a mouth and just, like, it's, like, slowly being pushed out and, like, you can tell, like, some of it's, like, clay or elastic or something like that in the puppet. So it's, like, being really being stretched out to, like, its furthest capacity until, like, this little slimy turd of a looking thing finally plops out on so some guy's I'm mouth. So I'm looking at this picture, and there is a German soldier puppet, and he's got, like, the very pointy helmet thing, and mm-hmm. he's wearing some kind of... He's got flames coming out of his hands. Yeah. Uh, there is one that looks like the Goombas from the Super Mario movie. <laughs> yeah. And then there is probably the most normal-looking one of the bunch is one in a black trench coaty thing with a white skull-looking face and knives for a hands. hook hand. Oh, he's a knife like, hand? He's supposed to have, like, knives for hands or something like that. He's Blade. That's his name, if I remember correctly, is Blade. Um, so, uh, D. Bonaventura Pictures and Caliber Media are par- are partnering to reboot the Puppet Master Horror franchise. Companies plan to produce multiple storylines within this new universe and have <laughs> hired Bone Tomahawk writer S. Craig Zoller to pen the first script titled Puppet Master, The Little Reich. A search for director is underway. So, uh, um, so this... Uh, production company has produced movies like Transformers and G.I. Joe along with like smaller movies like 1408 based off of the Stephen King short story and uh, The Devil Inside um, and also the uh, upcoming Deepwater Horizon flick Um, so uh, (laughs) I don't I'm kind of excited for it just because this is right up my alley. I love shitty, cheesy horror flicks. Yeah. Um, And anyone who's like a big fan of horror and has been like, just has like, like me just like try to watch anything and everything they get their hands on, especially a ridiculous series of movies that has like a ridiculous number of sequels. It seems retardedly dumb, but so dumb in a way that seems like kind of fun and stupid and, yeah, I'd give it a shot. Yeah. So here's the uh, the so the original uh, franchise focused on a group of anthropomorphic puppets animated by an Egyptian spell, which equipped with their own unique and dangerous device, produced uh, is being produced by. Uh, 
by a band and his full moon features label and series was established in 1989 with the first installment which has since been followed by nine sequels Jesus Christ nine fucking sequels this is as much as almost as much as Friday the 13th yeah um, so this new film is supposed to follow a recently divorced young man who discovers a mint condition blade doll in his deceased brother's closet and plans to sell the toy at a convention in Oregon celebrating the 30th anniversary of the infamous Tulin murders all hell breaks loose during the auction when a strange force animates all the puppets throughout the conventions setting them on a bloody killing spree of course of course it does so as ridiculous as it may sound I'm more than likely to go see it uh, and I suggest you see it too if you want a good laugh John do they have any kind of a projected date that this will be released uh, none that I found okay um, but it's happening <laughs> and it looks fucking ridiculous yeah it looks from just the pictures that I saw while I was looking that up, it looks very dumb. But it looks like something <laughs> I could just sit and watch and laugh at how how bad it is. Okay, so like I have an idea for some stuff we could do, um, and I kind of want to do it with some of these Puppet Master movies. Um, but moving on to from little news, little puppet news, to big puppet news kind of not really puppets (laughs) Um, CG puppets Uh, the Avengers Infinity War 1 and 2 will have different titles Johnny you're the one who wrote this one down Um, pretty much the the Russo brothers came out and said um, they don't want to confuse the marketplace and that both of these films are going to be standalone films essentially Mm -hmm. Um, so they said that the naming doesn't make sense for what they're doing they said that they haven't officially been announced, but it's something that they are going to do. So we'll probably get an announcement somewhat soon of what the new titles will be. Okay. Uh, but they pretty much were stating this isn't going to be like a two-part movie. Both movies are going to stand alone on their own, you know, legs, but will be a part of like a bigger story. So essentially still going to be like a two-parter, but both movies will stand alone by themselves. Yeah. So... I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think it'll be a little more interesting once we get the names of what the movies will be. Mm-hmm. Um, after that happens, then we, there will be more room for speculation. But um, for now, just, you know, pretty simple. Uh, names are going to be changed. They won't be Infinity War one Part 1 and Infinity War Part 2. Okay. It'll be two different titles. Okay. I was wondering how they were going to have that work because, I mean, like these movies are going to probably come out like a year apart from each other. Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, like, like a year apart from each other is kind of a long ways to hang off. I mean, not even Deathly Hollows had that much of a gap between parts one and two. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, moving on from there. Uh, so, a while ago, we were talking about, I can't remember how long ago this was, but the Universal Studios is rebooting their entire movie monster series and all their classic monsters. Uh, right. You know, the Mummy, Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, Bizzle Man, all the other fun stuff. Some of my favorite movies are from that time period of the 1920s. Uh, just those old, kind of like oddly German expressionist, very dark shadows, um, you know, black and white flicks. I yeah. love those. Those are some of my favorite movies. Um, so we have some interesting developments for this now. Uh, Russell Crowe is in early talks to play a Dr. Jekyll-type role in uh, The Mummy, t- starring Tom Cruise, right. um, which some of you may remember the Brendan Fraser uh, Mummy series of movies. 
it's not going to be like that, supposedly. It's supposed to be like an actual horror film designed to scare you, not an action adventure right. with, you know, some horror archetype bell. elements to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Russell Crowe is one of the newest additions to this, uh, um, you know, monster movie universe. Right. Um, he's going to be joining guys like Johnny Depp, who's going to be Invisible Man, um, and you know a few others who are in talks to do some other stuff. Um, the see, uh, he's supposed to make a cameo appearance in the Mummy, uh, and is supposed to spin off a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde flick. Um, right. Yeah, so uh, The Mummy is set to show on June 9th, 2017. Um, Alex Kurtzman and Chris Morgan um, have been tapped to last summer to help develop Monster Universe for, um, for Universal Studios with rebooted versions of the studio's classic monster movies. Um, so, Johnny, I know you haven't seen a bunch of these movies, uh, but like, what's your overall takeaway on this? Um, I think it's interesting. Um, a lot of these movies, because they're older, uh, one, they're a little hard, harder to find. Um, none of them are available on streaming platforms, as far as I know, which also makes them hard to see. Um, and, I mean, we're familiar with, with a lot of these monsters, but we don't know that they're universal monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we're... I can ask almost anybody in the street of almost any age, do they know who Frankenstein is? Yeah. And they'll know Frankenstein is the... They'll say that Frankenstein, even though Frankenstein's the doctor, uh, <laughs> um, you know, they, they know that Frankenstein is the big hulking monster green guy with bolts hanging out of his neck. The flat top head. All the stuff we, we see at, at Halloween every year, mm-hmm. right? So we know some of these characters. Um... It's interesting to see them do something new with them because this for so long Universal hasn't really done anything with these properties. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, how they do it, and how they're received. Yeah, because maybe they're monsters of their time, and uh, maybe they won't be able to stand up to you current, know, current 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 uh, trends or know, expectations, exactly or tastes. Exactly. Um, so, so uh, and then we run into the problem of like, oh, you can make an Invisible Man movie that would that could possibly be interesting, but it's going to piss you off because you're a fan of the original one, mm-hmm. and it could potentially be a lot different than yeah. that original. Just oh, I, this is an invisible dude who wears band aids on his face to <laughs> show show where he's at. Yeah. Um, so I'm interesting what they do. I'm interested to see what they do with yeah. it because you either make something based off of the source material mm-hmm. and hope for that, or you stick to the source material, but then you run the chance of not yeah. or alienating certain people or not interesting certain people. There are kind of old concepts. So it's kind of mm-hmm. sometimes a little harder to get those old concepts off the ground yeah. with a new audience. At first, like I was really kind of hoping. So, okay. So the way these movies are going to be made, they're made in modern times. They're like basing right. it in current, you know, 2016, 2017, whatever. Um, Tom Cruise and the mummy is supposed to be like a Navy seal hunting terrorists. And then he uncovers some shit in Egypt and like accidentally releases, you know, the mummy. And, right. uh, that's actually supposed to be like a full on horror film. Same with uh, Dr. Jekyll where, uh, Russell, you know, 
Russell Crowe is going to be uh, opposite of Tom Cruise as you know some royal doctor, and um, I'm kind of interested in the path they take with this. Um, but also, I'm kind of a. I was I was really hoping that it would be like you know you know well known actors, but it would still be like in I guess like a, the same time frame that the original right. movies took place in, um, and but not like direct remakes. I would like them to kind of like change it up from there and just like have it like as I said like have the whole thing connected. But I was really hoping it would just kind of take place in the nineteen. 19- 20s to the 1940s time span kind of right. deal, and uh, um, but I'm hoping it's going to be good. Uh, they have hopefully you know they've been working on this for a bit, so we can only hope for the best. I would think that they're smart enough to not uh, shit all over their own legacy. Exactly. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. I think as things develop a little more, maybe we get some story info. Or first trailers or stuff like that, then we'll be able to judge a little more um, with a little more merit. But for now, it's just kind of uh, speculation, 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 you know? Okay. So moving on from there, there's another uh, remake in the works that's been in the works for a while now. Uh, Johnny, have you heard of a movie called Death Wish with Charles Bronson? Maybe. All these movies, I feel like, yeah, maybe I've seen them, I just don't know what they're called. Okay, well, you might like the original Death Wish, because it shows uh, one of the earliest roles of Jeff Goldblum, where he's, like, a thug bugging people, and then Charles Bronson, like, shoots him, like, several times in the face. So, if you're into, like, Jeff Goldblum getting murdered super hard, then you'll probably be into this movie. But, uh... Death Wish is a classic film, or considered a classic, uh, from the 1970s, Charles Bronson. In yeah. that original movie, uh, Charles Bronson's uh, wife gets murdered and his daughter gets raped. Um, uh, you know, And when the police are unable to do anything or can't like find the people who did it, he takes the law into his own hands, becomes a vigilante, and then in the papers in the movie, he's just known as the vigilante. And Essentially... Uh- the basis for every story ever kind of it's like revenge pure and simple and uh you know this movie was originally based off a book which is a little bit different um well actually very different from what the movie came out as but that's almost to be expected um so uh this movie's been set to be remade and with bruce willis as the starring role um and they had directors and these directors were going to be like their this could be their first major Hollywood premiere right you know uh, film with a big name actor um, I can't really I'm gonna butcher these assholes names but Aaron Cashales and Navo Papuchado so were they both um, going to direct it or yeah. were they both in- they, they're a directing team okay um, and they uh directed a movie before this which is what kind of got them noticed it's called big bad wolves right. where these three guys uh who are all connected through a tragedy where someone was taken from them essentially right and uh by this one guy and uh they go on a mission of revenge to kill this one guy and uh that's the movie that got them noticed especially from bruce Willis. bruce Willis saw the movie he's like 
those guys. I want those guys to direct my movie. Right. And they were all set to do it, but um, they had too many creative differences with the studio, and I think also problems with Bruce Willis because Bruce Willis is known as like he's kind of he's a guy who's hard to work with. Mm -hmm. So. it, it kind or of so we so we've heard. I don't want to say that like yeah. we've worked with them or anything. Um, but it's it's interesting um, with with Hollywood and movies and anything like this. You always want to take that first big opportunity you can get, no matter what. Mm-hmm. But if this is your first big opportunity and you leave, mm-hmm. one that shows you're very confident in what you do. Yeah. Two. That shows that this thing might be a fucking hot pile of shit. Yeah. Because if it's so bad that even a first time, I say first time director, but a first time like big movie director, big movie, um, is willing to walk away from an opportunity like that, that's a little disheartening. Yeah. So like it's creative differences, which has been like a big issue that's been happening lately in Hollywood. It's a lot of creative differences between directors and studios, directors and whoever's producing, and then they're just leaving the movie. Right. So these guys announced this over Twitter, and here's the entire Twitter, you know, conversation that followed. Um, relief. Finally, a bit of breathing room. You probably remember that a few months ago we were bombarded with greetings and congratulations on receiving our first Hollywood job, Death Wish. You might also remember that Navo and I insisted not to comment on the story or on any of your excited posts about it, not even with a like. It's not that, but it's not like we become snobs overnight, and it's not like anybody prevented us from speaking out. It's just that we found ourselves in a terrible situation. On the one hand, we were indeed offered a dream job, we were indeed offered a legendary salary, and we did indeed pass a stressful and amazing audition with the presidents of MGM and Paramount. And we even met and got the approval of one of the toughest, most imitating stars in, in Hollywood, and that's Bruce Willis. Himself saw Big Bad Wolves and thought we were the right people for this violent mission. On the other hand, the news caught us by surprise because in reality, there were huge differences between our vision and the vision of the studio and the famous Roaring Lion. We wanted to stay away from the original and problematic, albeit fun to watch, Michael Werner film, Michael Winner film, and move more um, towards the spirit of the original novel by Brian Grind- Garfield. An excellent minimalist novel that never got to the cinematic treatment it deserved. We wanted to follow the vision of the director who originally was set to make it, but ultimately was not allowed to, Sidney Lumet. Lumet wanted to direct a film about a simple man, and he even thought of Jack Lemmon for the lead role, which experiences a terrible tragedy, then falls to the depths of hell. When we imagined the thriller in our, in our minds, we thought Taxi Driver and Falling Down with a blood-curdling finale like Sicario. Unfortunately, the timetable for the project did not allow us to make the big changes we wanted to to the script. And as time passed, we realized that we were going to get what we wanted for this project. Last night, after long deliberations, we finally decided to leave the project. It was not easy to know you're giving up money, fame, opportunity to work with a big star. You're kicking the door in Hollywood's face, knowing that you're disappointing everybody who supported and encouraged you and wanted you to fulfill your dreams. And all this can really mess with your head and probably... Uh, make you doubt yourself and so it did but anybody who knows us even for a minute knows that we've never compromised on our vision these were three grueling months three months during which time i walked around wearing sunglasses because i was afraid to answer uncomfortable questions today i can finally take them off and say thank you for your support embrace and love so what now a little peace and quiet a lot of patience and above all love so that's kind of like the entirety of it very short and right. um sucks because 
There's there was a possibility that this could have been a really good right movie. movie. But yeah, like I said, it's kind of concerning that, like they they said themselves, to give up like fame and money and you know all this attention. It's obviously a big deal, but they realize that maybe this isn't going to end up to be all that great yeah. and maybe could end their careers. So with and obviously a director doesn't want to direct something that they don't want to direct. Yeah. If it's not something that they envision then you know they'll that will show in their work and could possibly even if this isn't a flop could affect their future in the movie business. So I can see them being concerned. Um, and I'm curious about what the state of this movie is currently. Oh, yeah. Is it just kind of floating in the ether? Are they looking for a new director? Or is Bruce Willis going to decide he's going to direct it and star <laughs> in it? You know? Um, at this point, who knows? You know? Um, I think. Bruce Willis is a guy who would probably like if he wants it done, he's gonna find someone who can get it done for him. Right. And I'm pretty sure there's not gonna be there's probably a short list of people who are like like, you know, like I'm gonna, you know, jump on this chance that Bruce Willis wants me to direct this movie. And, you know, I'm gonna more than play by, you know, the studio's guidelines because I wanna make some money and I wanna make a name for myself and this seemed to be the perfect way for me to do it. Right. So I mean like <clears throat> There's a possibility. I mean, what people are going to want more when they see Bruce Willis in a movie? They're going to want an action flick. Right. They're, not, they're probably not going to want him in a uh, taxi a driver type or a like uh, a thinker thriller type of flick. Um, which, albeit a thinker thriller movie, would be a lot more interesting down the line. Yeah. Um, and will probably net a lot more attention critically wise than like a run of the mill action, action flick. you know, action revenge movie. So, yeah. um, let's see. Uh, Johnny, this one should get you excited. What's going to get me excited, Jerry? The Han Solo movie has been cast with their new Han Solo. Yeah, it's it's um, it's been an interesting couple of months, especially uh, when they initially said that they received something like uh, seven hundred audition tapes or something like that for yeah. the role of Han Solo. Um, I'm glad that they finally have a person attached to it mm -hmm. um, and that this is becoming more and more of a reality yeah. as opposed to just like this thing that we're talking about that we know is going to happen. But obviously it's hard to imagine to something. grasp it when, when it's still just an idea. Yeah. But the more you, more people you attach to it, directors, actors, uh, scripts, the more of a reality it becomes and the more and more excited you can get. So, um, very excited. Um, I'm trying to think of the last big thing this guy was in. Okay, so you probably know Alden Eirich, uh He the last big movie he was in was Hail Caesar. Right, right. Um, and. Uh, okay, so let's see. Here's the article. Hail Caesar star Alden Einrich is finalizing a deal to play a young Han Solo in Star Wars spinoff that Phil Lord Christopher Miller, who did the Lego movie and has been working on a lot of other projects lately. Right. And those guys know their stuff. They know how to make an entertaining movie. Um, see, they're going to direct for Lucasfilm. Uh, multiple individuals familiar with top-secret casting process um, have told the rap over the past week. Einrich and Harris is star-making role from Harrison Ford, who played the first... Uh, who played the space hero in George Lucas' original Star Wars. Lord Miller, the filmmakers behind the Lego movie, are directing from a script by Lawrence Kasdan and his son, uh, John Kasdan. Now, uh, Kasdan here, he wrote 
uh, Empire and Jedi. Right. And fantastic. Fantastic flicks. Classics. So I'm really looking forward to this, especially with a guy who is as good as Kasdan. And, yeah. I think the uh, biggest thing for concern at this point, and... There's a reason to be concerned, but there's also reason to not be concerned. Um, obviously, Disney has always been pretty protective about their properties and making sure that they don't shit all over the, you know, all over their own properties, that they don't bite the hand that feeds, right? Mm-hmm. So, the one thing I think there needs to be that there's concern about is going to be his portrayal of Han Solo mm-hmm. and acting directions and all that stuff. Um, maybe directing decisions too. As far as the writing, not too worried about that. Yeah. I really doubt they green light something that isn't good. Um, Especially from Kasdan. Lawrence Kasdan yeah. is a fantastic writer. Uh, any kind of special effects, I don't think we really need to worry about that stuff. No, there's Two so things I think we really need to worry about is this guy portraying Han Solo, mm-hmm. how he does it, how he goes about it. Does he just draw entirely from the original trilogy, mm-hmm. or does he just get inspired by that and does his own thing? Or like shows um, the path that Han That leads him to that? that. Leads him to, yeah. Um, as far as directing... Um, I mean, look at Michael Bay. Look at all these actors who are directors who are might be great cinematographers but aren't great directors. Mm-hmm. They can shoot a great shot, but that doesn't mean that the movie is going to be the movie shot the well. Can be a piece of shit, right? So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, there's still a couple causes for concern, but obviously, I'm very excited for this. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't get this movie for another two years, I think. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we have Rogue One coming out this year, uh, Episode Eight coming out the next. next year. This wouldn't be until 2018. Yeah, so it's going to be a little bit. Um, but like I said, for the most part, excited, very mm-hmm. happy that we yeah. finally have our young Han Solo. Yeah, he's also going to be up against a lot of scrutiny, like you just said. Yeah, he's going to have a lot of scrutiny. So a lot of people are going to be picking apart his performance or anything like that because Han Solo is just such a beloved character. Um, now moving on to. Our, our last news is some more, uh, you know, DC Universe shit. Um, ben Affleck is now an executive producer on Justice League of America. So, um, according to Variety, Ben Affleck has expanded his role in the DC Universe by taking on the duties of executive producer on Warner Brothers Justice League Part 1, in addition to starring as Batman. He's going to work with director Zack Snyder and screenwriter Chris Terrio on the script and weigh in on post-production. Uh, he has, so as we all know, Ben Affleck has uh, directing credits on Gone Baby Gone, uh, The Town, and Argo, which, you know, he produced, directed, and starred in, mm-hmm. and he got, an, you know, an Academy Award out of that fucking Right. Thing. And same with uh, Chris Terrio, who unfortunately wrote Batman vs. Superman as well, or rewrote it. Um, he also won an Academy Award uh, for Argo as well. Right. Um, I'm hoping that uh, him being involved in this role, also the fact that he's going to be on set the entire time, he's going to be starring in it, that he's able to kind of you know slap Zack Snyder in the face a couple times 
and go, what are you doing? Or at the very least, make some more decisions like that because uh, as executive producer, you're not going to be on set every day. Um, But as an actor, you probably will be. And you'll be able to see uh, Zack Snyder is making this decision. And you can say right then and there, I don't think this is a good decision. Let's think about doing it this way. Or let's think about doing this instead. Um, I think this is a good thing for uh, Justice League of America. I think that this will lead to a better movie. Yeah. Than being an executive producer on it. Yeah, I'm really hoping for a lot. I'm just not sure if we're going to get it. Yeah. Um, I'm really hoping a guy like Ben Affleck, who is a fan of this series, who's a fan of DC Comics in general, is just going to be able to pull it up somehow. And hopefully right. that his standalone Batman movie is also going to be hopefully really good as well. Right. Because he's able to do a really gritty style and very realistic style, which is apparently kind of what they want, um, you know, as he's seen in the town and Argo. Right. So, I don't know. I'm I'm really hoping that uh, uh, this turns out well for him. Um, this is the first time in a long time I've ever felt like, yeah, let's pull for Ben Affleck, you know. <laughs> everyone's hated Ben Affleck for so long, but and he's like matured so much as Justice League is director. supposed to be out next year? I think so. 2017? 2017. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so we have... Um, so we'll have... Uh, Suicide Squad coming out later in the year in August, right? Mm-hmm. And then Wonder Woman next year as well? I think. Before Justice League? Maybe. So we'll have... Their schedule's weird. Speculating two movies before Justice League. Yeah. I think Justice League will be the movie that defines whether this DC universe continues or not. Yeah. They should really wait for Batman first. Like like Batman versus Superman um, As we said should have been that movie. Yeah. But it, but it, la- it, it, it was almost like a coin flip that landed standing up <laughs> where we can't make that decision whether to keep going or stop. Yeah. With just that movie. And that movie was supposed to be the defining movie that said, yes, we're going to keep making these movies. And yes, we'll put in whatever budget we need to make them great. But just the way it was received and the way the movie turned out, it landed in the middle where they need another defining point, whether they're going to continue this. Mm -hmm. And really, I think if I can be honest, I don't think that the Batman movies are at stake at all. I'm pretty sure those are going to continue going no matter what. Even if they shut down this whole uh, Justice League and Wonder Woman and Superman thing, I'm pretty sure Batman movies will continue going. I don't think those are going too much in threat of being shut down. I think the majority of people who went to go see Batman or Superman went to just see Batman. Yeah. More than anything. Um, Even though, like, Batman or Superman is supposed to be kind of like this weird Man of Steel sequel. Uh... People only went for Batman more than likely. Right. So, you know, it's <sighs> disappointing. Yeah. Um, but uh, any other news show you can think of? Nothing I can think of. All right. Um, well, much like what is going to happen to the DC Universe, we're going to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as always, you can check us out on uh, on Stitcher, on iTunes, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, go and 
like the Facebook page, uh, reach out to us at uh, in the menus podcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you think. Let us know uh, if you have any opinions on the stuff we're saying. Let us know if you think we're wrong. We'd love to talk about it on the show. Um, other than that, I'll tell you why you're wrong and you guys suck. But we'll do it on the podcast. So, and then we'll get a talk shit behind you back. Behind your back. <laughs> um, but uh, we should be back next week with more news. Hopefully, we can get someone else to come in here next week. Yeah. We'll get into getting a guest or something. Uh, but until then, uh, we will see you guys later. Hey, everybody, get up. It's time to slam now. We got a real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Here's your chance. Do your dance at the Space Jam. All right. All right. Hey, you know what you gon' do? Hey, you know what you gon' do? Hey, you know what you gon' do?